Hey and welcome to That Dubai Girl, the podcast. I'm Elisa. And I'm Kirsty. Every week we'll be chatting about the trials and tribulations of living in Dubai. Your problems, your big wins and your crazy confusions. We're here to try our best to help guide you through it all. There's going to be some silly chat from us and we'll be joined by very professional experts who will actually say stuff that matters. We want to thank you for being part of our ultimate girl gang. Right, let's get on with it then. Hello, Kirsty. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I've had a bit of a rough week, to be honest. A lot of bad stuff's happened to me this week. I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, right? But one, I had my first gym injury. Oh, God. Gym injuries. Well. They're tragic. What were you doing? Well, I say it's a gym injury. Basically, I was at my class at Mm -hmm. F45 waiting to start. They had the music (laughs) on. I was dancing around. Then I tripped over a weight on the floor and then I fell. And now I sprained my ankle. So I'm telling people it's a gym injury. It's really a dance injury. It's really just a, (laughs) I was waiting for my class and I fell over something injury. I was having too much fun. But then I lost my voice. Yeah, you did. So I was off work, like... For We've had one some day. trauma. We've had some like podcast trauma. People don't realise how hard it is for us to match up like a one hour of window know, of our weeks. Right? It's so ridiculous. Appreciate this, please, listeners. Yeah, I mean, listen to us more. But it is a highlight of our week and I absolutely love doing it. I love sitting down with you for an hour and just having a chat. But uh, yeah, what have you been up to this week then? Um, so big news for us. Right. We are um, coordinating Dubai racing season 21-22. Wow. Uh, over at the Maidan. We are clarifying yeah. horse racing because people racing, have said yes. to me, oh, the Grand Prix, this, this, is No, the horses. Yeah. Um, so it's been very hectic the last couple of weeks, kind of finalising what we're going to do, yeah. how we're going to do it. Um, but we will have some fabulous opportunities for that Dubai Girl listeners to come to yeah. the races. And I mean, if you want to put on a show for you as well. Yeah, to be honest, I'm looking for some Diwali dancers, some National Day singers, I'm looking for all sorts of things. So yeah, if you are if you have a niche, (laughs) let me know. Yeah, love it. Well, let us know. That Dubai Girl Pod at gmail.com if you want to get Kirsty. But like, the best thing about the Dubai World Cup, obviously the racing's cool. Like, I don't really get it. But is you always have like massive performers performing this year. So Kirsty, do you know who's going to be performing? Uh, no comment at this stage. <gasps> she knows. I'm, I'm going to get it out of you. I'm going to get it out of you. I will. Uh, look, so we always talk about our wins on this podcast, how to like be positive, like killing it at life. But I think this week I want to talk about when we don't win. So rejection, handling rejection, because that's pity something... Pity days, pity days. Yeah, when you feel really sorry for yourself. I mean, for example, like, I lost a gig this week, right? Mm-hmm. And my natural reaction is just to cry. <laughs> and I'm, it's so bad. Like, I'm 32, right? And yeah, if but I it's disappointing. News, like, yeah, but also it's it's disappointing. You, like, build yourself up and think, I'm doing this thing yeah. or I'm doing that thing. And I think both of us are mm. quite highly strung, highly organised people. Yeah. And therefore, we're used to planning our lives. And when something in your life, a piece of the puzzle doesn't work out or kind of falls down, when you're the kind of person that we are, um, I think it's quite hard to like just quickly pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Yeah. So um, do you know what I do now? Yeah, go on. I basically, every time I'm going to get like 
in the business, like if we're trying to pull a big contract mm. or, um, you know, I really want something to happen. I just constantly tell myself, you're not going to get that and it's not going to happen. Really? Yeah. But then when, like on the occasions yeah. when it doesn't come through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was something I'll tell you about. We were trying to do a pitch for Expo. So you like a yeah. massive part of what we do is like markets. Um, and when I was traveling in the summer, I got approached by someone. We won't name any names, but they were like, we want to, you know, we want a Christmas market. And there's me like literally buzzing like, oh, my God, we're going to put on a Christmas market at the Expo. La, 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 la. Yeah. Um, was like telling everyone like I've been asked to do this pitch for this thing. That's it's me. so cool. Yeah. Um, and when it actually came down to it and it came down to the pitch, mm. it was complete rubbish. I'd spent hours of my life preparing something for them to just come back and say, well, actually, we want you to do everything for free because it's Expo oh. and blah, blah, blah. Now, this is no diss to the general Expo and no. the UAE. It wasn't the UAE Pavilion. It was someone else. Um, I guess it was the UK Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, no them, it wasn't them either. Yeah. Um, but... Now, and that was one of the rare occasions where I'd kind of like all hyped myself up. So like recently, especially when we were like going into this uh, situation, like for the racing, it's a massive, massive thing for our band, a huge Mm. thing for us to take on and to be, you know, like faces of and in charge of. Um, And so I just constantly said to like my team, I was like, we're just, we're going to just do all this as if we're not going to get this. Like that's how we have to prepare ourselves. And even when we were getting like positive feedback and Things like this, I was like, until we actually get a yes and a sign on the dotted line, we have to assume that this could go at any point. Yeah. And um, when we did get the yes, I did a year and sat in the car and cried. Um, but, but for a good reason. But for so a good reason, go. yeah. yeah. But I, I'm the same. I'm If I put my heart into something, I'm very much like heart on my sleeve. Mm. Um, and like, yes, I had a super frustrating day because we are setting up like a relaunch of a big event. And, you know, people letting me down. Like, yeah staff letting me down designers letting me down artists letting me down and and people are so nonchalant they don't, don't care like mm. they're like mm, I'm one person uh, and they don't realise that that one person can impact your whole operation your whole day so but much but that must be different for you because you are the person you are the core of it so you have to care Whereas yeah. everyone else around you is like, well, it's actually Christie's problem. So yeah. how does that feel being the one with the actual problem all the time? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to say, say this without sounding awful, but yeah. like every single day I encounter a certain amount of like moronic behaviour. I know, but I feel like that's a thing in Dubai. Like yeah. that is a Dubai, let's call it a pandemic. Yeah. The fact that everyone is so nonchalant, mm. everyone is not working to the timescales they should be. It's all in shallow this and shallow that. Yeah. Well, come on, let's actually knuckle down and get stuff done. And you are a super organised person. So I can see why you must be frustrated at that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Every day of my life. Yeah. But believe it or not, when I moved over here seven years ago, mm. I literally used to I can cope now like people frustrate me and I get annoyed but I have a problem normally you know within 30 minutes to an hour I can solve it because I can talk to this person or that person and whatever and get it fixed Um, but yeah when I first lived over here I think probably the best thing is I lived in Abu Dhabi I worked in a very local environment where everyone was so horizontal so like by the book everything was done X, Y and Z no 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 everything was like inshallah I might do that in four days or four weeks oh so you had to learn quick so I had to learn to adapt to 
actually, if you want something done, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to ask someone else to do it, don't just let it go. And I had to, I had to like chill out a bit. Yeah. So I would actually say, believe it or not, I am mm. much more chilled out now yeah. and much more flexible and able to adapt situations. It doesn't mean that in the moment I don't like erupt. Like yeah. when the thing happens, I'm like, ex- you know, <laughs> screaming, steam coming out of my ears. But within three to five minutes, I can calm myself down and I can fix it. But yeah. Previously, that would have set me into a like I call I call it spiraling when yes, you just spiraling. go and you can't get out of it and yeah. everything's wrong and everything's going bad and everything's totally. terrible. Whereas I would like to say touch wood that mm. doesn't happen to me that See, often anymore. See, for me, it kind of does sometimes. You know, like in my life, if, if what right, and I'm the opposite of you. You say that when you go for something, you're thinking I'm not going to get this. It's going to be fine. Whereas me, I try to practice the other way, which yeah. is positive thinking. Like you can do this. You are worthy. You will get this why wouldn't you get this you're experienced you're great blah blah and that's just me telling myself that yeah. I don't actually believe these things at yeah. all because I'm so hard on myself like, and I always have but god it sounds like I'm crying constantly because my voice <laughs> right. but I'm not, she's not, I'm not crying, crying people she's yet. not not yet <laughs> yeah I haven't made her cry today um, but th- this is the thing like I'm so hard on myself and I think like when I get rejected it really hits me really badly yeah and I need to know how to deal with that and I know that we've got someone coming on that hopefully can help us with all of that today yeah it's about that it's about that resilience building like there will be days where and I have them like days where I just feel so so bad and I'll be down and I'll be crying and Mm. I'll be like laying in bed to the middle of the day um just because I just feel totally overwhelmed um but then the next day I'll be fine and I think it's okay to not be okay that's what you have to remind yourself that like if you're having a really crappy day Mm. tomorrow will be a better day and I think a massive part of that is like your support network like I think I've said before I'm super close to my mum so when I have a bad day, I feel like I can really, really like rant and vent at her. And how does your mum deal with that? Like, so for example, if you go to your mum and go, oh, I've had a really shit day, like X, Y and Z's gone wrong and I feel really bad. What will your mum say? So my mum is completely glass half full about every single thing in life. Right. Um, and my mum is extremely positive. Oh, um, so I think whatever, however bad it feels to me, she yeah. will always give you a version of like she's super sympathetic empathetic um, supportive but she will always try and make you look at it from another perspective like okay okay, you're feeling overwhelmed because X, Y and Z happened but remember you've done this and you've done this and I find it really hard um, to like take compliments and people say like people say to me about things like oh you should be really proud of yourself I'm really proud of you stuff like that and I'm just like like I find that a strange thing. Yeah. Um. But then, like when my mum says that to me, I don't know. I I accept Are it you from my cry. No. <laughs> How dare yeah. you? No. Um. No. But what I'm saying is, like, from my mum or my close friends, it means a lot. From- Do you think that's because you're British? That you can't take a compliment well and we don't boast about our, our achievements. And I was listening to a podcast just earlier today. Yeah. Sorry, I listened to other ones. It was Fern Cotton, right? Okay. With Jesse from Little Mix, mm-hmm. right? And the girls were talking about because they're British, right? When you achieve anything, you have to be really low key about it. Yeah. Whereas American culture teaches you to be like, I can do this and I'm the best at this and I'm great at this. And I feel like we don't really do that. Yeah, that's funny that you say about Americans as well. Because when I was younger, I did Camp America. Oh, um, I can see you being one of those yeah, guys. Loved it. Um, <laughs> Um, so but part cool. of the Camp America process yeah. is you go through like an initial application. Yeah. When you get to a certain point, you literally go up to London or wherever you, Glasgow, wherever mm-hmm. they put you, and you go into a room of all these potential employers, and yeah. you literally get like two. It's like speed dating. You get two minutes with each of your you 
let's say there's a hundred camps and you can shortlist yourself five. Yeah. You go to the five and you tell them where they should hire you and you hand them your little slip. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And then they sell yourself two minutes. And that's the thing. Like they said, if you don't sell yourself, no one else will. And that's what I'm trying to personally try and live myself a little bit more like. I need to tell other people, actually, I am great. Like, if you're asking me to do this, yeah, yeah, I can do it. But there's this fine line between self-promotion and self-belief and arrogance. And that's where you've got to kind of not cross the line. And that's why I think the Brits just completely avoid that line completely. And it's so funny because, like, when people ask me what I do, right, like, I'll say, oh, I just talk shit on the radio and get paid. Mm. What I miss out is I'm a broadcaster who's been doing it for 10 years. I've worked my way up from literally doing the back end shit yeah. to being like a presenter who has my own show and yeah. who's, who's doing really, really well. And I never can recognize that. And do you know why I think this is? A lot of this is down to my mother because my mum's my confidant, right? Mm-hmm. And whenever I go to her with a problem, so say, for example, if I'm saying, oh, I feel crap, like, you know, this is going wrong, this is going wrong, this is going wrong. Her response is, get a grip, Elisa. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just have to work through all of that myself. So I've actually loved that she's like that because it does make you toughen up a little bit. I don't get that emotional support from her. It's always like, right, dust yourself off. You can move. Let's go. Let's keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And that's what keeps you going in life. But sometimes you need a little bit of sympathy. And luckily I have people around me now that I can have that sympathetic ear with. But I think a lot of it stems from how we were brought up. And that's why I'm so hard on myself because my mum pushed me constantly. Do this. Do that. Get straight A's. Get the grades. Go to law school school go and do that and I did it all yeah but did I do it for me no I probably did it for her yeah to impress her I think um yeah I, I, okay so apart from being a teacher in previous life my degree is in psychology yeah. and um I did a lot of like stuff with my degree um and people always well the first thing people say to you is can you read my mind uh no I can judge you though for asking me that question judging um but yeah I guess it's that whole like nature nurture debate because I have friends and family members and people who if you looked at their circumstance they should by theory be broken and destroyed yeah um and I've got friends who have like you know, literally pushed and pushed and pushed and decided that this is the life I want my, for myself. Yeah, okay, my sister does this, my brother does this, blah, 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 blah. But I want to get a degree. I want to yeah. be this. Like, one of my best friends, like, I admire him so much. He's a head teacher of two schools. We're the same age. And we have had, I would say that, you know, the two of us have had very, very different upbringings. Yeah. And, you know, for him, he's just strived and strived and strived. And he deserves... Absolutely everything can. So he's a guy who's pushed against the odds. Yeah, so absolutely. he didn't have it. He didn't have really the what, the silver spoon they call it, no, right? No, the support and he network wanted either. to push himself yeah. up to be the best version. But that's yeah. amazing. And then there are people who have everything and do nothing with it. Yeah, and also you have people that just get given everything. Yeah, I've got a few people in my life that have had everything forever, get given it, get given opportunities because of who they are, who their family is, how they get in the doors through their family. And they haven't actually worked for anything or or earned it. Yeah. And that's, well, I think we've got a bit of a happy medium there. We were born into a a pretty privileged background. We can't sit here and say, oh, we were nothing. Yeah. But 
you know, we've done well. We've yeah. done all right. And the thing is, like, I must say, I, I would say that I had a privileged upbringing. So like, would I. I have never wanted for anything in my life. My parents will always back me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have been self-sufficient for many years now. But, you know, I do know that if I had a problem, I could go to them and they, sure. they would help me and they would fix it. Yeah. And that is a complete privilege We're because so there lucky. are people who couldn't possibly go to their families for support emotionally, financially or any other way because yeah. their families couldn't or wouldn't give it to them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I think we've tangented off as we usually <laughs> do. Like but, um, yeah, the point is yeah. here today we are going to um, speak to Heather, who is a life coach, and mm. Heather is going to give us some tips for how to be more resilient, how to bounce back, how to handle the down days in life. Um, and she's really, really amazing and really lovely. And hopefully she will bring lots of words of wisdom to everyone. Right. I'm excited. Let's get her on, Heather. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you. All good here. How are you? We're good, thanks. Uh, Heather, so you are a life coach, right? Yeah, I just uh, came out of a teaching career to start my own business. Yeah. Kirsty used to be a teacher as well. Yeah, I know. So I think this says a lot about the teaching profession, how many people yeah. were teachers and now taken on other careers in so other much. directions. I love yeah. it. So what made you kind of take that transition to become a life coach then? Um, like I'd always wanted to kind of do it. I can think I realised in my first year of teaching that I really should have been a counsellor. <laughs> and um, then I kind of moved to Doha and put that on hold. And I always thought, I'll have it as a retirement plan, you know. Um, and then then I decided, no, let's just start, you know. I'll have like a five-year plan. And uh, long story short, then the school told us they were closing last year. Oh. And I just thought, you know, it's the perfect time. You know, it's the perfect time. I was ready and... Um, and why not? Why not just push it? Why keep it for retirement, you know? So um, so I had to take that jump and it's, it's scary, you know, mm-hmm. starting trying to be your own boss. And But it's it's so nice. There's so many benefits. I love it. So, Heather, were you like the person that all your friends went to for advice? Were you that person? I don't think so. I, just, <laughs> I think I've always been a good listener. But yeah. I don't think I was like known as the agony or anything like that, you know. But I do like listening to people. Yeah. I've, do you know, I feel like in my friend group, I am the person that people go to for advice. And you know why that is? Because I'm a Virgo. Uh, I'm not very good at I'm not very good at the star sign stuff. Well, the Virgos are supposed to be like the best at advice. But the problem with the Virgo is we can't take our own advice. And oh, that's what we're going to uh, talk about today. Heather, we're talking about rejection and how we deal with that, okay? Because, you know, on this podcast, we talk about wins, like, yes, you're amazing, you're killing it, you're a girl boss, well, hey. But we all have those moments where something doesn't quite go right in our lives and we need to kind of deal with it. I mean, is that one of the biggest things that you have to deal with with your clients, Heather? Um, For now, because it's just starting off, it's more the rejection of not finding any you know like kind of mm. not me reaching the right people or not maybe on the right platforms or and then you ha- you know you have days where you're like oh I, sh- I just I should go back into teaching it's like the comfort zone and then I'm like no 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 you can't and you know that's the rejection I'm kind of dealing with just now the knockbacks of like will this take off you know mm. um so I think in career wise and most people would consider it as interviews you know, they would think that's when you get rejected as I get in the interview process um, for most people, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think like that's that's the thing that we've been talking about. It's like 
right. So if you right for me, like I, I'm I'm on the radio full time, and then I'm a freelancer on the side, right? And you're trying to get mm. these side hustles, you're trying to get them all started and whatever, and then one starts, and then for example, one got cut last week, right? And my natural mm-hmm. reaction was cry. The world is over. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're shit at your job. You failed. You did a terrible job. Nobody would want to hire you. You're an idiot. All that stuff. How do you rationally, you know, get over that and, and, and kind of correct that in your brain to not think that if one thing goes wrong, everything's shit? Yeah, well, I think in terms of jobs anyway, there's so much, especially here in, in like the whole expat community, that there's so much that comes with hiring the right person. So there's there's some jobs that are advertised that aren't actually even real jobs yet. And then you think, oh, why have I not got mm. that? They were just like put in random adverts. Yeah. There's some people who won't hire people if you've got dependents. There's some people mm. who won't hire if you've, say, been in a promoted post and then you're applying for something a bit underneath because you want a step back. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, well, they must want more money and we can't offer that, so we won't even offer them it. Mm. So there's so many like things in this part of the world where you you have to just think it probably wasn't about me at all. Yeah. You know, there was probably something else going on or there were, and, and obviously there'll be times when there's someone there that's you know, totally normal. And that's my biggest but fear. <laughs> but I think, like, in your situation, Lisa, yeah. it's more about, like, the bottom line of... Was money. W- was money, yeah. yeah. And, like, for... We're not going to mention name and no. shame brands, but no. for that specific brand, they've gone in there with big ideas mm-hmm. and they haven't actually thought... And this happens in my brand all the time. Mm. People come to That To Buy Girl as a brand and they go, oh, my God, you've got 18,000 members. That must mean you can sell out our 500-person per- brunch with one advert. Yeah. No, we can't. We're, we're not... That's not what our group was designed for. We're a recommendations company. That's what we always wanted to be. We wanted to be the, the girls that you could go to and you could genuinely ask, um, you know, what's good, what's hot, what's not. Um and, you know, we, we admit like we do advertising, but we make it very clear that it's an advert. And yeah. we also don't stop people's free will and discussions. And we know we've had this conversation before where there's other groups whereby it's all censored. And the mm. only stuff going through and going out to the members is stuff that's paid for. Yeah. And it stops the reality. Yeah. Um and that's the thing, like, I think when we're talking about rejection today, we're talking about, like, the bigger picture. And mm. we spoke to Trish before, and Heather and Trish are actually friends. All oh, right, cool. Um, <laughs> and Trish said to us, um, it's stuck with me now, what are you doing? Um, and I yeah, was reeling too. off hundreds of things. And she was like, no, what you're doing is you're talking to yeah. me. Um, and like we've said before, we have to all realise the world doesn't revolve around us. Yeah. Um, and uh, we want it to, and it's really annoying yeah. that it doesn't. But, um, so, you know, I think when we deal with these rejections, like Heather's just said there's always these other factors involved and how do you like so what would you what would you say to someone to not take it personally then that they're you know like how how do you get that into like for example my thick skull that it ain't personal (laughs) you know I think honestly I always just try to remember that something better is coming yeah you know like I'll, I'll give like a little example like when I finished uni I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do didn't have a clue I'd done French and English at uni and didn't want to be a teacher and I was like, what can you do with that? And I had um, contacts in my family within recruitment. I absolutely 100% decided I was going to be a recruitment consultant. 
got all the interviews, like man and uncle set me up. They had all the contacts in Edinburgh, set me up for all these interviews. And I was like, this is it, this is my job, it's yeah. a different career, blah, blah, blah. And went for it. I had everything going. I did well in all the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put myself forward. And at the end of the day, they, they pulled me in and just said, you're just not the right kind of personality. Like, this is all about money. It's about sales. You've got to stab people in the back. And oh. at the end of the day, you're too nice. Yeah, you and don't want to like, be in that environment, oh. really. I, I was like, but I do. I could be mean. I could be yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can be horrible. I promise I can. <laughs> but I was absolutely adamant. And eventually I had to sit back and think, these are the people who recruit. If they can't think that I'm one of them, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be one of them. And I had to sit back and then yeah. reevaluate my whole life and work out what I was going to do. But I was absolutely set that was my path. And then, you know, eventually did a big discussion of what what else I could do and ends up in teaching and then moved abroad and you know now from that like I've met my husband and I've got kids and you know you just your path is is gonna it's gonna end up right mm-hmm. it's just you've got to try and have faith that there's something better out there for you even if you think that thing whether it's a person or a job was perfect yeah, I think I agree with that because my mum always, we were just talking about my mum beforehand and my relationship with my mum um, and, you know, how she's very glass half full in life and very, very positive. Um, and mm-hmm. I was just saying about the fact that, like, she says everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I, that's been drilled into me that I believe that. And yeah. I think that's part of the fact where I said to you, like, I go into these things thinking, you know, they'll say no or something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's it's for... Like, I just believe that everything that happens, good or bad, happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah we've got this saying in Glasgow. I don't know if it extends to Edinburgh, where you're from, Heather, but it's uh, what f- what's for you won't go by you, right? Which just yeah, means if something's for... Yeah, you've got it written down. Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I had it in Like, <laughs> that is what kind of... How I've been brought up, you know, like if, if something doesn't happen, then it wasn't for you. And the next thing will be yeah. for you. Or if you get rejected from a job, that wasn't for you. If your relationship turns into a toxic wasteland, then that wasn't for you either, babes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, And even if it's, it comes at a different time, like say, for yeah. example, you know, you hear those stories of like, you know, high school sweethearts and stuff. And then, but they go through different paths and then they meet up again, you know, when they're 35 and it all's perfect because the timing's right at that time. But it wasn't right when they were 17. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's just that the people take different paths, and they might they'll cross whenever they're meant to cross. You know, and whether that's a job or because jobs and and people are the things that get you places. They're the people who make you move country. They're the things that make you uh, change your financial status, change your happiness. Like that, it's really jobs and people, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, jobs, people, situations, yeah. life. Uh, it's it's. I think that's what we've we've had to learn, and like I said, that we have to understand that not everything's about us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as much as we like to think, sometimes the world does revolve around us. Um, so, Heather, <laughs> if you were going to give someone three tips today for our listeners, like dealing with you know stresses, strains, rejections, just different things in day to day life, like three top tips. What would you, you know, as a as a coach, um, you know, what would you say for our to to make our day to day life just that little bit easier and that little bit happier? What would you say? I would say the first one would be, and it's hard. Or the first one is to try and accept it. Now, if you're grieving anything, whether it's a job or a loss or a burglary or anything, there's still those stages of grief and acceptance is the very last one that you come to. Yeah. You know, so it takes a lot of anger and denial and everything to get to that stage, but just try and accept that that's 
It's happened. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Stop trying to fight for it. Just accept it. That's the first thing. Then, I, like I said before, I would say always just try and believe something better is coming. Mm-hmm. It might not be right now. It might be in a few months, but there's something better on the way to you. And the last thing would be get back up and try again. You know, it's really hard, that whole resilience thing, isn't it? To try and have the faith. If you've gone for an interview and it was absolute mess and you Mm. forgot all your words and, you know, you're not going to want to be like, let me just do that again, you know, because Mm. you're embarrassed and put off. And, you know, or if you've had an observation and it went really, really badly to put yourself in that situation and feel comfortable is difficult. Same with relationships, you know. So if you've had a really nice relationship and then it ends, to get back on that dating scene again. It's not easy, like, but, you know, I think just try and find the time, try and push yourself out of that comfort zone and kind of be resilient with just thinking, this is what I want. I'm going to go and get it. I can't just sit back. It's not going to happen if I sit back. But the one thing that's really important is never go backwards. <laughs> whether yeah. it's a person, don't go back to them. Whether it's a job, stop fighting for that job. It was, You know, at that time, it just wasn't right. So just don't go back. <laughs> Amazing. So you don't agree with going back to exes then, no? Oh. I don't really. No, I me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I think, if, yeah, well, I don't agree with the whole work in a different. Yeah, it might work in a different time if, if something's changed, but I always just think if something breaks, there was a reason for it yeah. breaking and... Yeah, I, yeah I guess the argument against that is like you just said about like timing, t- timing. like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you've been in a relationship with someone or you've met someone and like you said, it's just the timing hasn't worked. Like I've been in situations where I've met people and like literally I thought like, oh my God, you're amazing. But then they <laughs> live in the UK and I live yeah. here and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a believer in a long distance relationship. Sorry to all the long distances out there. Um, you yeah. know, I just think relationships are built on that day to day. And yeah. if you can't see someone or you see someone once every two months or something, how is that a real relationship? It's a pen pal, I'm sorry. Um, Fear. You know, but... But like the timing thing is true, I think. Like, look at all those people who do, like, you know, X-Factor editions mm. and they get knocked back and then they go away and get voice coaching and they're just like, I'm not giving up, this is my dream. And they go away and they get coaching and training and come back four years later and win it, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not saying don't go back and that if that's your dream, don't fight for it. It's just that sometimes... Sometimes when something's over, it's that whole grieving thing is you start longing for what you had Mm. because being lonely or having the job that you don't want is worse than where you were, you know? Do you believe that kind of, maybe this is your school of thought as well, Heather, that every day you should practice like gratitude for what you have rather than, you know, wistfully thinking about what you want, what you need, what you don't have? Do, Do you do that every day in your life? Yeah, it's a weird one, actually, because there's two kind of uh, facets to the whole gratitude thing. So the, the gratitude, obviously, yeah, be grateful. So it can turn a bad situation into something positive. Say, for example, I don't know, you're in your house and it's like really messy. Your kids are running around screaming and you're just like, Arr! and try and change that into like, you know, I'm so grateful I have kids. Or I'm yeah. so grateful my kids have food on the table to make mess, that kind of thing. But also, I do also kind of believe in the whole being grateful for what you've not got yet. Yep. changes your mind to think that it was coming. So I like the secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you can say to yourself, you know, I've got like this, uh, say well, you've got a salary that you want to earn and you say to yourself every morning, I earn this salary mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm grateful for that. Or you say to yourself, like I've got the, the most perfect job and I'm, I'm so content every day, even if you're not. I do think that makes it come. Yeah. So it's like the two sides to it. Yeah, I love it. It's really cool. Well, Heather, thanks so much for chatting to us today. It was so good to have your insight. Thank you so much. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It was lovely chatting to you. And if people want to get in touch with you, Heather, if people are interested in your life coaching skills or yeah. they just want to find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, so I'm on Instagram at just Heather Broderick Coach. And I also run a meetup on Monday nights at the Step Up Cafe in Motor City, which is free. Cool. And it's just for girls. Um, just for girls only and it's basically for anyone who kind of wants to meet new friends or they also can get some free life coaching support if they need it so it's like a two amazing and that's in the step up cafe in motor city at what time on a monday seven to eight seven to eight awesome amazing really cool well thanks so much heather for chatting to us all right thanks again cheers lovely Bye. Bye. bye She was so sweet. Oh. She's, she's just got that positive, like, voice, hasn't she? I know, she? Like, I like calming. her. And, you know, i got to say, like, in terms of Scottish accents, you know, Edinburgh accent, very nice. Yeah. Very sweet. Nice accent. I know, I like it. Uh, so, we're talking about rejection. Kirsty, we've already kind of discussed this over text this week. But I had to reject someone romantically Ooh. for the first time. I wish that happened to me. <laughs> Right, this you, you think no, that I'm not that I, I'm I'm making myself sound super tragic. Right, no, I've, you think that, but it was one of the hardest things. It was all I've ever had to go through. Yeah, because basically, right, this person had said to me, "Look, I, I like you. Like, I've had feelings for you for a while," and I was like, "Ah!" Did First you have? All, did you like suspect? I had anything? no idea. Oh wow! I had no idea. Right. Yeah. So. That was that, and then um, I was like, "Oh, right, that's really sweet," but. Um, I had to kind of hint that you know I'm you know I'm I'm not really looking for anything at the moment. Fine, mm-hmm. I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. back again. Can we meet up? Because I really want to talk to you. So met up with the person. We had a chat, mm-hmm. and I had to say to them, "I'm really sorry. I'm not interested." Yeah. Rather than saying I'm with someone because they know I'm not with someone. Mm. You know, this isn't what I want. Well, y- you are kind of looking for someone. Mm. I had to say. I'm not interested in you. Yeah. Which was one of the hardest things I've ever had to say. To, yeah, it's hard to say that. Yeah, especially because, like, you said, like, this person, some of you, you, your friends are. I'm been... friends with them. I'm not super close to them. Yeah. Will I bump into them? Yes. Yeah. But will I see them every day? No. Yeah. So, but you still have to keep them sweet. Yeah. Type so it's thing. not like the same as, like, when someone comes up to you in a bar and no. you're like, mm, no, get off. Yeah. Because it's that kind of, it's that step up. It's... And also, oh. a part of you. Like, okay, so you feel bad. You've had to, like, do the rejection, give the rejection. You feel uncomfortable. You feel awkward. But also, like, how must they feel? I know, and that's the thing. Like, I'm so for protecting other people's feelings, not making someone feel humiliated. Also, like, respecting them for having the courage to say something to me, which must not have been easy for them. Yeah, exactly. And then for me to just come with the old KO, like, no. It was so hard. Yeah. And that's why I'm happy in my usual life where no one fancies me. Do you know what I mean? That <laughs> feels much more comfortable I'm more for me. happy when no one talks to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was just aimlessly scrolling through reels last night because this has become like my bedtime habit. Um, and there was one that really, really made me laugh, which was... Um, of this girl, I'm probably going to mess this up now, but she's like saying, oh, um, the, me and the calendar are really similar in a lot of ways, uh, apart from the calendar has loads of dates and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I told that wrong, but you get the gist. Love the banter. I love the banter. Fantastic. Really good. All right, let's get to your questions this week. So, what? I mean, have you ever, sorry, back back to that. We're going have you backwards. ever had to reject someone? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's not nice. Like, I think the... I think the horrible bit about, like, rejecting someone is, like, when you've, like, been on a few dates with them and then you decide and there's nothing wrong with them. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, you'll go on dates with some people and just be like, you're a dickhead. Like, I don't want to talk to you. Um, And you can even go on a few dates with someone and they still do something like that. And you're like, yeah, gone. Like, bye, hon. Um, But there are instances and, like, I've had it not frequently, obviously, because you all know (laughs) that I'm a tragedy. Yes, you're Um, um, but like where there was a, a couple of years ago, like I was going on dates with this guy and like he was lovely, like lovely, lovely looking, yeah. good job. Um, but he just, we just, there was no spark. No connection. Like, yeah. And like, I get this thing, like people say to me like, oh, you know, you don't always want that like butterfly feeling. Like if someone gives you that feeling, like a lot of the time it's like anxiety that's making you feel that way. But you just have, there has to be that something. There's got to be. There has to be that when you see that person, like you're like, your heart skips an extra You get all excited, yeah. Yeah, or like when they text you, they're the person. You you see it all the time. You see people like doing that little like smug look at their phone. Um, And it was, it was so hard because he was just so nice. And like, how do you say to someone like I don't want to date you because you're too nice and like it's I just hard. don't and yeah and and it wasn't nice and he what didn't I take had it well. To say in the end was I just don't feel a connection and I don't think you can argue with that. Yeah, because yeah. that's something that's not about your personalities. Yeah. It's just whether there's a spark or not. So oh well, Kirsty, you'll be there'll be a line of men waiting for you to reject. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll let you know when it happens. Yeah. So let's get to the questions on that Dubai girl this week. Kirsty, I've got an anonymous one, but gosh, it's juicy. Okay, you ready? This is about exes. Okay. Hey, girls. I've been with my boyfriend for two and a half years, okay? We moved over to the UAE together. Things Mm -hmm. have been brilliant. We live together as well. We've lived together since we first got here. Everything's great. However... My ex-boyfriend from the UK mm-hmm. has just moved over to the UAE. Right. Right. Do we so, do we know how long she was with? No, we don't have the details on that one on the ex. Mm. So we don't know. We don't know why they split. We don't know whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. My ex has just moved over here. And since he's got no friends here, he's kind of tried to connect with me again. Right. To see if I can kind of match making with a new friend group. I guess that's what he's after. Mm-hmm. My new boyfriend is really unhappy about this. Yeah, I don't blame him, though. What do I do? Yeah, I I don't blame him. Me neither. I feel like, yeah, you're only friends with an ex if there's still, like, some kind of, like, deep down something there, I think. what if she's not actually friends with her ex? He's just moved over here, and she's the only person that he knows that lives here. And he needs to still, like pick himself up and get himself some new friends and but sort what, himself that's out. that's a horrible situation, Kirsty, when you get here and you know no yeah, one. Yeah, but he's got a job. No he must, he's not well, come here. He's not come here. Listen, no, yeah. I'm not backing down. He's not come here. <laughs> I'm on your side, okay. but this is fun to wind He's you up. not come here yeah. with nothing and yeah. he's come here for a job. 100%. No one moves to Dubai on a whim and goes... Well, actually, a lot of people are okay. doing that recently. People you do, yeah, people do move here on a whim, but they normally have people here that they're moving to. Yeah. Friends, family, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. There, someone that knows absolutely no one in the UAE has moved here for a job. Yeah. So go to work, make some friends. If you're a lad... 
go play golf, football, cricket, football, whatever it is yeah. that you want to do. Like, I actually think, and I've said this before, Dubai is a super easy place mm-hmm. to make friends, acquaintances, whatever you want to call them. Go to a gym class, chat to the person next to you, get yourself on Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, whatever you want to do. Ask people to go for coffees and dates with you. Like, no. If I was her boyfriend, I'd be absolutely raging as oh, well. Oh, but Christy, what if he's really shy? Don't care. What if he... <laughs> I'm totally with you. Like, I do not believe that you can be friends with an ex. Not without I someone have, having some kind of feelings about it. I have never been able to successfully carry that one out. No. no, Never. No. And how would you feel if... Because you know what's quite common? People who split up and then do remain good friends. Do you think you could handle that as the new partner? No, I just don't think no. I could. I, no. I, I find it really hard to be the like the bad guy talking about this because yeah. growing up, I was an absolute tomboy. Yeah. When I went to secondary school, I found it so hard because my whole kind of primary school life, year seven, year eight, tomboy, didn't wear a pair of jeans until I was about 13. As we've heard about me and my horse riding. What were you riding, wearing? Tracksuits? Tracksuits. Oh, I was, love it. thought I was Sporty Spice, you know. Um, was it those Kappa ones with the poppers probably, on the side? Probably. I loved them. Might have been a... Might have been a Nike one or do you call it Nike or Nike by the way? Well I call it Nike. Nike, yeah. Do you call it Adidas? No, we used or to call Adidas? it Nike. No, sorry, Scotland. I'm I'm talking an international accent right now. Scotland we are Nike yeah. and Adidas. But that's wrong. they're both wrong. It's Nike and Adidas. Yes, okay, correct. Good. Do you say Adidas though? Yeah, Adidas. Oh, you're just perfect. Just posh. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm digressing here. Yeah. So when I was like 13, 14, 15, I was still very uninterested in boys mm. and horse riding, tomboy, still all that. And I found it actually until I went to sixth form college, no one called me Kirsty. I got called Campbell. Even my finishing high school yearbook says Campbell, not That's Kirstie. like me. I was Boise. Yeah. In school. Yeah. That's so cool, it was really awkward, like when these boys got girlfriends. And then what I would find is that like the girlfriends would then like befriend me because they were like seeing it as like a connection. Keep your enemies closer. Exactly. And yeah. even when I went to um uni, like one of my best mates, who's a guy, we went to the same uni, and like when he got girlfriends, they would always try and be my friend. Yeah. And then when it all fell apart, it was like, oh, it's because she's always there, and so it's it's Whoa. weird. Like I, because you've got a lot of guy friends. Yeah, even yeah. Now, I would right? say like I've got like I've I've probably got more guy friends than girlfriends. And you find that that's a thing, like their girlfriends see you, no, I'm not saying you're arrogant here, somewhat of a threat. Yeah, and and, and I, I honestly don't blame them because yeah. I think if it was, like, I've, um, I, this was, again, ages ago, like, I was seeing a guy and he had a female, like, best friend. Yeah. And I couldn't help but feel, like, but, a little bit jealous and yeah. a little bit, like, antsy about it because yeah. I was like, I know how bitchy girls can be. And I know this is, like, automatically like thinking negative things about this girl oh she's not going to say nice things about me and whatever which you know we're a girl support girls brand here mm-hmm. we we shouldn't think like that but um yeah so i i've been that girl who's friends with the guys and i've the relationships are like completely platonic mm-hmm. um people can't get their head around that either like i've got guy mates who i'm like very very close with have known for 10 plus years there's never been anything 
between mm -hmm. us at mm -hmm. all. And their guy mates or their girlfriends or their girl mates will always say, yeah, well, you know, there must something there must, must have, have happened. Something, there yeah. must have been something. Like, people just cannot get it well, in their people heads. people think that guys and girls can't be friends without someone who wants to fuck the other one. Yeah. It's sad old times. Yeah. Because of course we can. Yeah. Because also, and like, it's fun. Guys are way cooler to be friends with. No offense, girls. No offense, girls. But they are though. Well, they're just I think... more chill, right? And it is fun time with boys. I but know. I do love a deep conversation, a girly conversation. I've yeah, and also I would say that, that I know some real highly strong boys who oh, I would and there's not a lot say of real are bitchy boys in Dubai yeah. as well. Oh my god, yes, exactly. And a lot of like loons across the genders. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I mean, right? So we're not, we're not into the being friends with your ex scenario. Yeah. I I, you know, I'm here to support male and female friendships, 100%. But I just think when you're an ex, yeah. you're an ex and there's something. And even if one person feels it and the other person doesn't, mm -hmm. like even from my own personal experiences, like I have exes yeah. who like still, if they walked into a room now, would make me feel a bit sick. Um, oh, yes, we've you know? all got those. So, <laughs> and as much as like people would go, oh yeah, but they're cool. And we are cool. We'd say hello to each other yeah. and it would be fine. Like we're not going to have a screaming match or no one's going to cry. But... I can honestly tell you, like, there is that person who would walk into a room, put their arm around me as a mate and be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, just mates. But I would feel internally sick like I was going to die. You'd get the ick. Yeah. Well, the thing is, right, I think you can't really be friends with someone once you've seen them naked and once they've seen you naked. I don't believe that you can get over that. Yeah. So that's why I don't believe in Let's fucking clarify. your friends. Yeah, yeah. Do not shag your mates. Well, what do they say? Don't shit where you eat. Yeah, don't shit where you eat. <laughs> Same for work relationships. Actually, we should talk about that one week. Work relationships and if they work. What do you think? I don't know. I've seen some successful ones. I've seen some tragic ones. I want to say, though, it's fun having a dirty little secret. Oh, you mean like... In work, yeah. Oh, I thought, yeah, but like people that are openly in relationships, I think like in the teaching profession, like in schools, there's always so many couples. Oh, like, I bet it's like Love Island in there. I bet there's amazing drama. Oh, no? I think, I don't know. Because all I've, the teachers are young, hot, wild. You guys are the wildest yeah, but, on nights out teachers. Babes, I'm not young or hot or wild yes, anymore. Yes, you are. Shut yeah, up. Okay, okay, if we're talking about teaching when I first moved over here at like 24, 25, mental, but now in Mate, my face. I, no, I hosted not. a teacher's nights at McGettigan's and it was the most... Little plug for you like there, McGettigan's. <laughs> playing in the wild with wild animals. It was honestly ridiculous. They were steaming. I've never seen people more steaming in my life because I know you guys got stressful jobs, so you want to just absolutely get wasted. And believe me, they did. <laughs> the drinks were like 10 dirhams or something, though, as well. So not healthy for teachers. Never give teachers drink offers because they will kick the arse out of it. Well, you know what they say, work well, hard, play harder. Oh, for sure. And teachers do. They're the best. I love them. Right, Kirsty. well, what a fun week talking about rejection. Do you feel like you've learned anything? Just take it on the chin. Quesera, yeah. sarah, as they will say. We need to try and apply this. If yeah. we don't get something, it wasn't for us. No, it's just the universe. The universe. Something better out there for us. Oh, God. Can I just mention one more thing? Yeah, go on. Um, was cracking up at this week. Um, Instagram, Facebook and WhatsApp all crashing at I once. Know. Seven hours they were um, off. I feel like it was even more than that because I think mine went off at like 5pm and the next message I got was at like, oh my mask could just be off, but at like half three in the morning 
like when I looked the next morning. Yeah, because so it happened I feel like when it was I was driving back from work. So that was seven o'clock. No, well, I think no, it was eight o'clock after eight o'clock. So it must have affected different people differently because like mine definitely started messing up at like five. Five? Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. My phones were just like messing up and like someone was trying to ring me and then I had to ring them back using the other phone yeah. so I don't know if it was like patches or like phone clusters or phone. I don't know it was really weird well wouldn't it be good for you to have a little bit of down, downtime oh, yeah, it was phone? fantastic did you love it yeah like, <laughs> once I really so basically I'll tell you what happened so um, I was talking to my mum in the UK and that was all fine and then I got off the phone to her and I realised none of my messages are delivered that yeah. I'd sent and we'd been on the phone for like 45 minutes and then um, nothing was sending nothing was coming back someone had rung me I couldn't ring them back it wouldn't go through so I had to actually ring Mel who I work with and I was like Mel what's wrong with the internet like I am I posted about it the next day and I feel like so many people messaged me like this is so true that like when it wasn't working the first thing you do was like have I paid my phone bill yeah have I paid the internet switch to airplane mode on and off turn your your wi-fi yeah 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 and then um google why is what's that not working for me is go on twitter because oh, they yeah, know straight away. I haven't yeah, got, got Twitter. Twitter. No. Well, for me, I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I went on Facebook. I was for WhatsApp. Then I went on Facebook Messenger. Wait, this isn't working either. And then I went into Twitter and I wrote WhatsApp down. Boom. Happened to the whole world. I was like, yeah. yes. I loved that there was a thread from Twitter in the news the day after where Twitter had put, hello, everyone. Hello, literally everyone. Yeah, yeah. and um, Adele had written, hello. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was someone like McDonald's, like, does anybody want nuggets? And it was just like this like so random good. thread. I feel like I'm, I should invest in Twitter. Oh, it's try really fun. There. Like, Twitter is the one that I am looking at before bed every night. It's a great place to get news, really funny stuff. Like, honestly, everything's great on Twitter. All right, that might be my, my goal for this yes. week. Start Make to buy a Twitter. Twitter. Yes, do it. Well, Elisa, it's been a pleasure as always. As always. As always. And uh, look forward to seeing you and speaking to you next week. Yeah, can't wait. And hopefully I'll have my full voice back at full yeah, capacity. Yeah, I feel like it's got better the more you've talked. Like, oh. you've, like you've internally lubricated it. Hmm. <laughs> On that note, bye. <laughs> <laughs>